Hello, and welcome to the Special Needs Sibling Podcast, where we talk about what life is really like as a sibling to someone with special needs. I'm your host, Charlene, and today our guest is Lulu. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, and so I found you on Instagram at the same time I got it. I got your contact information through another sip. So I was like, oh, that worked out like perfect that the timing. That's awesome. I, I was meeting you like right after she was like, oh, you should talk to Lou. So super excited about that. Um, so I guess we'll just hop into into the podcast. Um, can you lay out your family structure in terms of like you, your sibling, birth order, any other sibs you have um, and who has a disability? Yes. Hi. So I'm the eldest of four. Um, the second one in the family is my brother. We are 18 months apart and he's autistic. And then I have another sister who's about uh, four years after my brother. And then my youngest brother, who's maybe another three, four, yeah, three or four years after my sister. Um, okay. Yeah, so we're a big family. Uh, and I think the most interesting point of our family, which I love to talk about, is that I had a very different experience of having an autistic brother than my brother and my sister, mm-hmm. who were younger than him and who saw our a different way of the way my brother was raised. So my family kind of went from a typical um, ABA approach kind of severe and kind of um, fixing him and going for the norm. Yeah. (laughs) This is back, this is back in the nineties. Right. Um, And then my, my siblings were kind of born into a home that was much more wholesome and holistic. And what can we do to support my brother and help him? So it's, it's a very interesting dynamic within our family to see that. Yeah. And especially because you, you and your and then yeah you and your first brother because you're so much closer in age also versus yeah. kind of everyone else is a little more in general they're kind of more evenly spread out so that i'm sure that like changes some things too just because like yeah but also maybe... interestingly interestingly enough we all had a very caregiver role with him oh okay especially my youngest brother and again, and I don't want to talk, you know, on behalf of them. And maybe one day <laughs> they can come and share their story. Yeah. Uh, but it's, uh, I just always find it so interesting how our stories are so different, right? We yeah. all have such a different story of what it was like. We call my brothers Milo as a nickname. And so Milo affected us all in such a different way, but also a similar way. You know, we were all caregivers, but we cared and very different roles and forms yeah and and that's what i i think as i've just gotten to meet more families even like before when i first met other siblings like i remember when i first met a family that had more than just like two kids you know one that was like neurotypical and one that wasn't and it was kind of like oh like it's so that kind of I didn't know how to think about it because like oh what was what is that like if you just had another you know another not copy of you but just you know another person to talk to then you still have your sibling and then it's been interesting to kind of see how some siblings like yeah they're like aligned on certain things and they view things the same way and there's other topics where it's like completely different but then your brother has like his own unique relationship with the three of you which is also fascinating even yeah, yeah so it's it's all part of like the big puzzle and yeah. for the record i really empathize with families like yours who don't have another sibling to really laugh about things and, and yeah complain <laughs> to because yeah you know if we're i can't count the number of situations you know we're out on the street or somewhere public and something mm-hmm my brother does whether it's embarrassing or awkward or you know someone does something says something about him and just knowing that i have my other sibling around you know it just makes it like it makes it different because whenever i'm alone with him i'm like okay like okay it's all on me it's all on me but there's something about having another sibling that makes it like oh it's all on us so it's like yeah more more of a group 
group effort yes. suffering instead of a lone <laughs> ranger suffering. Yeah, so I, I yeah. really, I mean, I, I, I feel with that because um, I know I was left a lot with my brother alone, and I know that's very different than when I'm with my siblings. Yeah, and it, it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of its own interesting struggle too, as like, yeah, if it just being us, which I never really thought about it. And so, like, kind of we're talking about it now just because there's so many things. I feel like as a general statement as a sibling, there's just things that go on in your mind already as it is internally. But then the external factors of, yeah, like, I really just had, like, my parents to play with or that was it, right? Because my sister, because she's more, her motor skills when we were kids were definitely not what they are now. So even, like... Mm -hmm her playing catch with me was something that we had to like I kind of had to teach her kind of like how to Mm -hmm. catch the ball with like two hands and stuff so now it's it's a lot easier but I remember before I had to kind of be much more creative about how to play with her versus like yeah if I had another brother or sister you kind of just you guys can play together and it's not as much of a I don't have to ask my parents as much to play with me because then there would be like another person there yeah yeah yeah, I mean, ironically, there was still uh, a big sense of loneliness that I had, even if okay. I had my siblings. I think because I was the eldest, um, and that, so me and my sister have six years apart, which okay. now seems fine. But maybe growing up, yeah, I, th- I think that loneliness of, okay, you know, especially when you're young, how am I supposed to play with this? brother or sister of mine and you look at all of these other families and friends who play with their siblings and don't even have to try so I think I don't know if you had that experience but I know for me I I did have that I was so scared to be alone although my house was full we were going to have a crazy house but I was always afraid of being alone I, I always felt like I needed someone to play with because I guess I didn't feel fulfilled in that way with my brother, although I tried. Yeah. Oh, no, I definitely feel felt very lonely for her. And then it's, it's interesting because it wasn't until I got older, a lot older, that I realized what mm. that feeling was. Because I used to be... Well, I was just scared of everything as a kid. Like, I was scared of movies. I was scared of the dark. I was scared of strangers. Like, there's, there's a plethora of things I was scared <laughs> of just as a general statement. And so one of the things was when I was probably, like, in grade school... So my parents had, like, remodeled their downstairs, and so they moved the master downstairs, and then me and my sister were upstairs. So the thing that used to, like, scare me, which I thought, which now I recognize as me more feeling lonely slash being scared of the dark, was that once they would put her to bed, which was a little bit earlier than they would put me to bed, just because it was just kind of easier to kind of keep her on a timetable. So they the thing was, like, she was in her room with her door closed. My parents would go downstairs and then mm. there's just me. So it's just me like in this dark room upstairs, like with oh no God. one. And it, yeah. so that used to, it used to freak me out. So I, I slept with nightlights for such a long time. Um, more so because I think I was at, I was scared of the dark, but it was also at the same time, like I just, I wanted people. Like I wanted someone to talk to. I wanted, yeah. to, like, I wanted to feel safe because there would be someone like awake if, you know, something was wrong because... And, and like, we had, like, one of those, um, like, talking monitor things. It's, like, mm-hmm. baby monitors, but the one that I had was, like, a push-to-talk. So if I really, you know, got scared, and I could, like, call my parents just because I didn't have to go downstairs to go get mm-hmm. them. Um, but, yes, I definitely feel that the loneliness is a very... Uh, it makes me feel better that you also felt it, even though you were with people, just because it's... Yeah, isn't that, 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 isn't that fascinating? Yeah. yeah, you would think you would... I mean, maybe the level of, I don't even think so. I think it's just a different type. If anything, I, I think I sometimes felt even more lonely because my youngest brother and young and sister were very close. Oh, okay. So growing up, I kind of felt like I wasn't a part of their young gang kind of thing. You know, they, they, were, they, yeah. they had their thing going on. They didn't need their older sister. You know, my brother and I are nine years apart. So that's, that's a lot. Yeah. Um, but I think what helped me the most was actually 
putting my finger on it because now as a 30 year old mother and and wife Mm -hmm. and friend to others and knowing that a fear of being lonely is something that is still present in my life but knowing that I can kind of pinpoint it to where it started it kind of gives me more power over it because then it because then it minimizes it I'm like no it's not real it's just something that you had when you were a child but you were never alone like you're not alone if anything you have an even stronger bond with your brother than anyone else um but just you know that's the thing and that's why I'm so happy you're even doing this podcast Mm -hmm. a lot of the times and so many other advocates in the field who are siblings it's it's really important work because um not only do our siblings need us right but if we're not good they then we won't be able to help them and then if we're not good we're not going to have great lives so unpacking all of that complexity all of these emotions that we went through and are going through today is is important to just making our future better and and I don't think people do that. I think it's scary and we don't think it's important because we never think we're important as siblings, right? <laughs> yeah, it's it's so it's so much easier for us as siblings as a whole to just kind of like suppress our own needs subconsciously. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't until yeah, when the more more so in the last like couple of years after I got married where I went Oh, like I can have an opinion, and it's okay that I don't suppress my opinion because it's just so like that muscle is not exercised yes, a lot yes. as a sibling because you just even if yeah even if I wanted to like ride a ride at an amusement park or eat a certain food at a restaurant like it's like it's like you don't want to bother is, them. Well, yeah. So it's not only that, but it's like pick and choose your battles, right? Like I can choose mm-hmm. to have the energy to like do something else or you know if my sister's throwing a tantrum and deal with that or I can choose to like do I really want to fight with my parents over if I want to eat a chicken sandwich like is that really worth the effort and it's like and you know in a in a regular household where everyone's typical it's like you know that's probably a normal fight that you have like oh I want pizza like what kind of pizza do you want right like it's a normal conversation but for us it's like if my sister only eats six things it's it's not a choice to, it's not even an option, right? To eat something that's yeah. not those six things. That's not, it's not part of the equation, yeah. but it could be. It's just, but subconsciously you just like, it's not, it's not worth it to, to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely. And I'm, I mean, I, I know that was one complaint my husband had because he would ask me like, what do you want? And I'm like, uh-huh. whatever, you know, whatever you want. He's yeah. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like no, you you get to choose. I'm like I don't want. I don't want to bother. You. Whatever's easiest. Whatever's easiest. Yeah. Yeah. Or I would go like, oh, I think I want this or this or this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. So we got to work on ourselves, people. <laughs> yeah, and I and I mean, I think that's a great transition into just talking about healing as a general statement. There's a lot of directions I think we could go with that, but I think. It's like it, healing in whatever form that you do it in is just so important. Like, I think there's so many things that I learned from going to therapy to talk to someone that it's like if I if I had not made a very intentional choice to go and to really mm-hmm. talk about like my sister and kind of like how I grew up and problems I have with like various things in the world. Right. Like I. I'm pretty convinced that I would not even be doing this podcast, right? Because I, because I'm mm-hmm. at a state now where I'm like, no, like, is I feel much more confident and better in who I am as a person, and I show up very different because I recognize kind of like what you were talking about earlier, right? Things that that I have due to growing up as a sibling, but that weren't inherently there. They're just environmental kind of mm-hmm. like nature changes, right? But yes. it's. But it's not anyone's fault for anything, but there's just things that happen I need to work through. But without yeah. having any form of help, you can't really work through that. So, right, so some people, they'll, like, um, 
like going to therapy is obviously an option. There's people who do books, people who do meditation. There's a, a whole bunch of things, but it's it's so important to, especially I think as a sibling, to just be in tune with like who you are as your own mm. person instead of thinking about how to appease the ten thousand other people who are who are out there. Yeah, you know, I'll I'll never forget. I was probably I don't know fifteen, and one of the therapists of my brother sat me down and asked me, how are you doing? Are you okay? And I remember I was so, I was shocked and even appalled that someone would ask me that. It was weird. <laughs> I was like, what? First of all, I know, I'm, I'm imagining it. I'm like, wait, what do I say? Like, I was thinking yeah, about I'm just like, like a younger like, yeah, version of, of me. I'm fine. Like, like, my, my reaction was like, of course I'm fine. Why? What's this question? Like, why are yeah. you even... <laughs> And I think, especially when you're younger, maybe when you grow up, you have more, uh, you can take a step back. But Mm -hmm. I think as a sibling, first, we have this instinct of this guilt that comes up of like, no, 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 you know, I love my sibling. And and so sometimes the, the thought of us working on ourselves means that we have to admit that things were hard. And that's step one to healing right yeah and then step two would be like we were talking about before is yeah admitting that we matter you know in in some perspective it doesn't mean that you don't love your brother or your sister it's completely irrelevant um and what helped me a lot is uh understanding that it wasn't just me so it wasn't like oh i'm the sibling i need to work on myself i saw that my parents needed to work on themselves i saw i started seeing that it was more of a and that's one of our therapists who's now my mentor who was really teaching this to us where she pushed us from moving from looking at my brother as the one who needs to be fixed and who has all the problems and mm-hmm. to we all need to be fixed and we all need healing regardless of our path and the sooner we get to see that this is collective work regardless of what situation we're in then we'll all be better off and happier versus all of us pointing and aiming at this one broken child yeah. when really we all deep down have a lot to fix in ourselves first and then everything would come along in a way did you all go to see her together like as a family or did you just do your own individual one Uh, no i i think it was a mix of both i think a lot of the we did a lot of behavioral programs with my brother and a lot of it was collective Okay. We did something called uh, the Sunrise Program, which um, is a behavioral method that is really based on uh, the acceptance and love of autism and is based on a very big belief that my family had to learn. And that's where the collective family part came, which was that happiness is a choice. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so it was okay. a lot of belief work that, that we went through that my parents had to teach me. And which, for instance, with yeah. my siblings, they were kind of born in that. Oh. So it wasn't, it wasn't really something new to them. So we did a lot of collective work in that way. And then um, individually, we all, you know, however we could. Um, I'm, I'm Again, I'm not going to speak on my parents and what they did. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just felt it was more of a emotion in a sense and even just an understanding whether I saw it or not I just saw mm-hmm. I understood that we all needed to work on ourselves and that my dad was kind of I, I could easily go to the point of seeing like oh mom and dad on, honestly you're as broken as my brother like forget right. it, shut <laughs> <up>. <laughs> yeah like all work on yourselves yes. okay yeah yeah go just go take some time for yourself just Yes. <laughs> go work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I understand. Like me, like all of us, you know, and, and like I yeah. really like that way of thinking because then it 
it minimized like all the pressure and the problems and um yeah I, I really held on to that yeah and, that, and that's so helpful like that's like I'm kind of thinking about like how I grew up and stuff and we we didn't do any we didn't do ABA um because and I, I I'm not sure why I just know we didn't do it um and so it was this thing where we did like other types of programs and we kind of did some like other things but it, yeah the thinking about like that happiness is a choice that you make to accept kind of the situation is a I was like that that would have been so interesting as mm. growing up if we like had to shift that cuz it's even now I think about the situation that we're in like just as me and my sister as adults and I'm like wow like even now like I think we're quote unquote happier than before but that's the the interesting thing I think for my family is that a lot of things feel from my perspective very circumstantial in terms of how my family in general reacts to stuff so it's kind of like mm -hmm. something good happened like we're happy something not so great happened okay we're like more stressed out kind of on that spectrum right but to consciously say that hey i'm going to choose to be happy is in spite of your circumstances oh it, it was life-changing yeah it was life-changing it, it truly was um so I completely get what you're saying. It was we were very blessed to have been. It's it's you know it's what was his name? A very uh, very something. He has a whole book about it. Um, and it's it's a pretty big uh, program in the in the, in the U.S. Okay. Um, but yeah, it it was life changing, and that was a very big. Um, and and I really. I count that to be the big difference between me and my other siblings is because I saw life before that and yeah. I saw the tears and I saw the pain and the hopelessness and yeah and then the shift how how that shift happened and then the posts and you know they didn't really see that much so I, yes, I get what you're saying. yeah yeah they don't know yeah but yeah just that, and that's, I think it, it just blows my mind because like conceptually it makes sense, but I think I'm just really thinking about like how hard life is just as a sibling in general, right? And then we're adding kind of, if you're not making that conscious choice, it means you're subconsciously choosing to kind of just deal with whatever is happening yeah. in front of you. And that's, that's so hard. Like on parents it's hard on siblings it's hard on the person that is that has a disability it's hard and it's like this kind of this mumbo jumbo like you know like it's it, it's so many it's so easy to have like a lot of negative feelings because it's just so hard mm. because it's just life is just very hard <laughs> and yeah and yeah. I, I think what we were taught that really helped me is one thing i i never liked when I don't know if you got this reaction. Whenever I would tell someone my brother's autistic, mm -hmm. they would tell me, I'm so sorry. Yes, I would get that. You know, and as, I hated as if it. someone, yeah, as if someone passed yeah. away. And I'm like, no, I, you mm -hmm. know, I still, I, he's still alive and yeah. breathing. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and so this always stayed in my mind. And so when we were being taught this idea of choosing to be happy and of accepting and, and that basically, choosing to love a diagnosis um, versus hating it would ultimately just make you happier. It, it was kind of like uh, the way they explained it was, this is the path that would happen if you hated it. And this is the path that would happen if you loved it. The hardship will stay oh. the same. The hardship is there regardless. Okay. But the way you would view it would be different. And so I started experimenting when I would tell people, you know, I have an autistic brother and they'll say, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, no, why the hell are you saying sorry? It's great. He's amazing. <laughs> and then I would go on and, and say all the beautiful traits about him. Yeah, he does X, Y, Z that are still annoying. And yes, he has meltdowns. And sometimes he's harmful to people yeah. around him. But it's okay. He's great. He's learning. He's on a path. And then you would see people completely you know, change their reaction. And they're like, oh, wow, I've, I've never thought about it this way. And then you realize, <laughs> oh, it's really just a mind game. 
Yeah, like you're creating paradigm shifts in people as you talk to them because they they only know whatever media, yeah, or whatever they exposure know. they have, which could be almost zero for some people. Cause they just don't know most how of to the respond. time. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know if they knew what autism was. You know, they were just like, okay, it's something like Rain Man, and they didn't really get what. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, I remember like. As as I I remember as a kid growing up, I would get a lot of like, oh, I'm sorry, or like, you know, or a lot of blank stares where they would say mm-hmm. nothing. And I remember like I used to just be like, why is this an issue? And as I got older, I was like, this is really annoying. <laughs> like I don't, yeah, like yeah. like you know, she's not dead. Like it's not, like she's a person. Like it's just like it, like it's like saying I have a dog. Oh, like you know what kind of dog? You right? You kind of ask these questions yeah. about your dog, but you won't ask. Like it's not to say that they are like that, but it's just. It's interesting how people will connect more human attributes to a pet versus actual other humans, but they just have like a disability of some <laughs> yes. sort, whatever it is, you know? <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah, and, and I mean, we're not here to criticize them, right? Maybe they just didn't know what to say. And maybe we, yeah. we're here to educate people to know what to say to something like this. But um, yeah. yeah, maybe... Uh, and maybe it should just be like oh okay how old is he or how old is she um is it you know on on what spectrum is it like kind of it's better to ask questions than give an emotion i guess yeah Curiosity and, is better. and i think that's the thing is i've gotten more into like my adult life it's something where i know what responses i don't want but i don't know what i want people to say and i think that's the mm. space where i'm kind of like it, it's I don't have the answers, but, but yeah, but education is such a big thing. And then at the same time, it's kind of like, you know, on the podcast, it's, it's this thing where there, there's so many different goals that it can achieve. One of them is just me meeting other siblings and other siblings, you know, hearing siblings tell their stories. And another kind of byproduct is that people just end up learning about our lives and kind of like how yeah in theory how to interact with us which is like not it's not it's not a golden ticket but it definitely gives you insight because even the things that even my husband who's who's we've been together for a long time there's things that i will talk to another sibling and then he'll when he listens to it he goes oh okay that's what you meant right because there's just things that i'll complain about or that i'll talk to and mm. he goes, oh that like he we don't know if it's just me or a sibling thing or whatever right but he's since he's with me then he just correlates it to that but i think the more that he's just heard me talk to other people and listen to it he goes oh like there's other people that also feel that it's not just you know my delusion of yeah of yeah, what's yeah, happening yeah, in the world it. yeah <laughs> you you reminded me once um my brother came uh to my my building we live in an apartment and to get into the apartment, you have to put in a code. So we were seeing, you know, he was able to walk to the to the building, and um, he has a phone. And uh, he was, I could see him from the window. I'm like, oh, he's here. But I realized he didn't have the code, so he's no. downstairs. And I'm like, okay, what is he gonna do? Like, is he gonna think of calling me? And instead, he just screams my name. He's like, Lola. <laughs> <laughs> And he's knocking on the door, which is not my door. It's the building door, right? Right. And I'm waiting because I'm taking this as a teaching opportunity, right? To be like, or is he going to think of calling me? Like, right. what's, what's going to happen out of this? And I don't care at this point, right? We're uh-huh. 30 years old. Like, I don't care if I get embarrassed by these things. Yeah. Like, okay, worst case, some neighbor or someone's going to come and be like, what the hell is happening? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I remember that moment my husband found it funny but not he was like what the hell just go talk to your brother i'm like this is hilarious like why are you not laughing right <laughs> so, then I... <laughs> so then i like talk to my parents and my siblings i'm like guys get what guess what happened yeah. everyone's laughing but yeah but no one outside of that circle felt it was that funny like my husband loves my brother and he's been a part of our life right but yeah it's not the same yeah. Like you laughed right now. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's no, that's hilarious. Like I don't you can't you can't even make that up. Like I was I was like, oh I wonder yeah, what yeah, he's gonna do. Story. And then I just Yeah, I didn't see it coming. Yeah, but that's great. Like But I guess a sibling, yeah, these are things yeah. I think that 
honestly just as a real sibling or someone living with someone like like that where you're used to having behaviors that are just like what like how <laughs> this yeah. <just> happen? <laughs> yeah so no the work you're doing is important and it is about yeah. education and you know I've always believed and that's how I was taught is we have to do our fair share to educate the world and tell them what we wish they would do and what we wish mm-hmm. they would know but also not expect that the world's going to change and then think that the world is completely going to change and our loved one can stay exactly as they are. No, our sibling also has to learn to adapt and we're here to help them and guide them. So it's like you're working on both sides or you're educating mm-hmm. people from the outside, but you're also educating your sibling. You know, this is how the world works and and I can yeah. try to change my community as much as I want, but you're still going to deal with the world that is pretty big and as much as we try to work on it it's going to be hard for it to change yeah and I think in addition to that it's there there's so much to be said but by like us doing the work for ourselves internally too because it's just the way that we interact with the world then is also an evolving sphere and I think for all the things that we learn about like ourselves or like our siblings or our parents or like or just you know other people in general it's that's so educational i think to us too just because there's stuff that i now realize like hey like that bothers me Mm. and there's other stuff that i recognize like hey you're just being actually rude to everyone and i think that and i think that's that's really helped me a lot as an adult just because as a Mm. kid right anything at all anyone on the planet would say that was negative connotation about my sister or autism or just like you know any context like that i would just get upset but now Mm. i realize you know like some people they just don't know there's other things that people just kind of like use language that they don't realize means anything they just think oh you know it's like me talking about kleenex or like a tootsie pop it's just it's just part of their everyday jargon but and so it's helped so much that I've done enough work where I'm like, hey, like, no, that's their choice. If they that's continue awesome. to use that to with me, then, you know, I can address it. But it's, yeah, I think just having more. I, yeah. Having People more used to use the word autistic all the time. Like, oh, like, I don't know how it was in the U.S., but it's like, mm-hmm. it would, instead of saying like, oh, you're such a retard, they would say like, oh, like, you're so autistic. Like, it's, as a, yeah, petite, as, you know, like, exactly, a, yeah. They don't yeah, quite use it that way, but no, they it's, it's getting, yeah. yeah, there's other things that people say that kind of still get to me a little bit, but I realized that the more that I heard it, the more I'm like, oh no, I think like culturally it's just this thing that's happening right now that a lot of people are just using it. I'm like, I'm going to let it pass. And then if it's ever really offensive to me, then I'll mention it. But I kind of just, hey, you don't mean anything by it. We're going to just move on. And then I just kind of walk away. Sometimes I just walk away now because it's just easier for me to... Hey, you can have that conversation. I'm just gonna stand over here. Have you? I have. I have a question for you. Have mm-hmm. you had more, um, let's call them, you know, painful or or uh, embarrassing moment? I don't want to say embarrassing because. So I used to be sorry. My question didn't start right. I used to imagine scenarios in my head of what mm-hmm. people could come and say to me and my brother that I found terrifying. So I was always scared and always ready for some sort of backlash. Like for some, I was always, always ready for someone to say something to me. Okay. But the times where someone came up to me and my brother and said something happened less than they ever, than I was scared that they would happen. Does that make sense? Yes, Yes, it does. Um, I'm asking you, is, is that how you felt it too? That it was more like you were more scared of it than it actually happened. For me, it was a, it was a daily it was a daily fear I had because we were at this we were in the same school. Oh, so okay. it I was always scared every day that someone would come and give me a comment. And honestly, I probably did get comments and I completely forgot them. And my, my mom always tells me like you completely erased <laughs> many years of your life. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I th- I was like, wait, that's another topic we should get into, too, about, like, suppression. But I'll answer your yeah. question first before we go there. <laughs> no, because now I realize, as I'm asking yeah. you, I'm like, wait, maybe I'm saying that, but I actually suppressed everything. <laughs> yeah, I, but I understand your question for sure. It, it's this, I'm like, I'm thinking about it, and 
I think the number I don't I don't think I did it as frequently as you did at least based on your description in terms of daily. I think my biggest I think I felt it more when we were in public spaces like as mm-hmm. a family cuz it wasn't I wouldn't cuz me and my sister went to separate schools for the longest okay. time. I think we, we were only at the same school for one year and after that then my mom pulled her out just due to some other program changes and stuff like that. And so, because we were at separate schools, the only time that I was with her, like, in, like, the outside world, was with my parents, like, if we were, like, at a restaurant Mm. or, like, you know, at an amusement park or something like that. So I think I... I think I wouldn't imagine it in my head, but my body would be very Mm. anxious because I would Mm. be people watching. I think I was just subconsciously people watching. I'm like, oh, like, don't look at it. You know, I would kind of be like, don't look this way or like you know if she made a sound I'm like ah dang it like don't look so I wouldn't imagine what they would say but I would definitely be more in of a anxious kind of panicky mode but yeah I don't think anyone I don't ever remember anyone coming up to us in a negative way but again could have been suppressed I don't know but I don't I I, I was about to say that and I'm like I think as kids I think kids used to do that to us but um what I ended up learning like from all of these years is our fear is so much stronger than what we, than what actually happens in real life. Yes. I learned like that. Much yeah. Like we get so scared <laughs> yeah. when like really nothing, like the worst case scenario rarely happens. And even if the worst case scenario happens, it's never as bad as we imagine it. And so I guess for us, like for me, the biggest lesson was, because I was so, I think you and your sister are close in age too, right? Yeah, we're two years apart. Yeah, I think when you're so close in age, you, you, you feel like you're living a very similar life, in in like maybe in like just your milestones and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it ended up being like, oh, I, I, you, I would look at my brother and think like, Milo, you need me to change. You're holding my fear. Like oh, I felt I got to a point where like I was like I'm I'm so scared of the world. I'm putting that on you and you're not feeling it. You're not scared. You have zero yeah. fear. And so then I felt I started feeling like oh my god, I'm bringing in the fear. Like I'm am I am I causing things? Am I And so then it be it quickly shifted to oh, it's not you who needs to change. I, I need to let go of these fears and, and these anxieties that I have so that you can then live the life that you want to live. And so what? Someone wants to come and say something, you know? Oh, so that's what? So interesting. Like that was the kind of work that I ended up having to get to where I really yeah. pointed fingers back at me and that it was all in my head mostly. Yeah, and like think... because of the things he he made us go through, it obviously made it bigger in my head. But right, the more it became big in my head, the more you kind of cause it even more. So then, I just had to let it all go. Yeah, that's interesting because I think mine isn't the. It's interesting because I think the point of causation is different, but the all the consequences are are similar, because. Mm. There was nothing that my sister did that would make me... Because my sister's more nonverbal, so she can't really tell mm-hmm. me or say anything to me that would kind of put me on edge. Um, and so... Is it, but the... So even though that's different, I feel that the... My my projection of my fear outward is was the same as yours, as well as the, like, pointing at myself and, like, oh, shoot, I could have done these things different or should yeah. have done this. Like, that part was the same. And I think in a similar way of, like, I I didn't actually... Well, what I learned recently was that I didn't even know that I could control my thoughts so that I didn't have to tell myself those things. Mm. Like, I just thought they were all... I just thought I was going to... I'm going to live forever, like, in this, in this hamster wheel of thinking that I should be this person or that person. And, and I learned recently, like, no, that's actually not how it works <laughs> that's just two, that's a consequence of all these other things that have happened in my past yeah. I, but I remember once yeah just kind of learning about that and realizing that 
like I have fear and I and I instead of me yelling at you I can just say hey I'm scared of this thing yeah. and we and they can stop there like I don't need to keep yelling at you to project my fear out and I think I did that for so long because I was just scared like like earlier house I was scared of everything but that and as a kid that's one thing but it, that really affected my kind of like middle school high school college age because instead of it being you know like the dark or scary movies or whatever which i'm still scared of scary movie which is that's just i think i just don't enjoy those i don't either you know (laughs) yeah it was more of like you know i'm scared of this like me getting like an f or like me failing on like on a project or you know letting someone down or like not making it into the team or whatever like like that that fear translated into all these kind of more other things and i would project out so much and but now i realize like the minute i start to say oh you should have done this i go no like let me rewind i am scared that this is going to happen i'm going to die yeah. And then I could just then, and that's it. Like it, that's, that's it's so just powerful. Me saying that, yeah, and it, it it's changed so much that I've been able to recognize, like that it that is like a kind of like a pattern behavior that I've built in, but I can also undo it over time. Yeah. Obviously, good yeah. for you. Good for you, and that's yeah. We do have control over our thoughts. That's a. Uh... A big uh, changing point in our life, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, was there anything else that you wanted to talk about? Uh, no, you know, I was just thinking. I you you got me kind of speechless because I was like, wow, I didn't I didn't realize. You know, I wrote I wrote a book about my brother and and his life and our life and. Uh, and now we have our online platform, All Brains Grow, about um, helping neurodiverse families. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, when you do the work, you do the work, you do the work. And right now, I just I feel like I opened up and I shared some things. I'm like, oh, wow, like I didn't I didn't realize this was all still there in my head. <laughs> you kind of think like it's in the past and then you just like open up the water just a tiny bit and it'll just come right, come right out. Um, but, uh, no, maybe what I would, I would, um, like finish on is just to, yeah, I I guess the theme of all this was choose, choose to love and choose to be happy because it's an unfortunate truth. I think in living with a sibling who has some sort of challenge and autism it gets better and it does not, you know, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's a constant, you, it's, we're constantly shaping and maybe it gets better in our, in our life. It got better because he didn't have meltdowns anymore and he wasn't violent anymore, but now we're dealing with new types of things. And so it's yes. just about under, like the sooner we get that, you know, we have to be there for them and, but we get to control how we feel about it. Mm-hmm. And that's where, we get to have a happy life with everyone. Yeah. And, and I think to add to that, it's it's this thing where when we're choosing to be happy and we're choosing to accept and realize that like we're growing humans, like I think that also I think also that enables us to see change in our siblings. Cause I know that was really hard. Mm. I mean it's still hard now, but I think kind of I've realized now that, you know, as I've learned to kind of accept more how I felt growing up and how I feel now with my sister, it really gives me more, it gives me and her more space to go, you know, she can have a different behavior now and it's not the end of the world. Like it's not Mm -hmm. better or worse. It's just different. Cause I think I forget so often that she's also a human, right? Like she, just because she has autism doesn't mean that her autism is fixed in that way as an adult but it's that but it's so hard to come to terms with that because when you're a kid you just you're so used to like running after the door and like eating certain food a certain way and there's there's all these like habitual things that you kind of 
do yeah. and your body just remembers them and I think mm -hmm. you know with the internal work that we do and the choices that we consciously you know with the intention to be better people it's it helps me really realize that like she can be her own person and she can change habits and sometimes they may for the be for the better or the worse but at the end of the day like she can make her own choices too 100 percent. and and 100%. it's and that's a very different yeah it, it feels so different in my headspace than you know me panicking like oh shoot like you know she just spilled a cup of water onto like something and it doesn't it's kind of just like oh I guess that's it. Yeah, you know, you kind of got to roll with the punches yeah. a little bit more in a, in a more compassionate way than, a, than in a reactionary, oh, crap, like, what do I do way. Yeah, you're so right. Just respecting that they have a pace of change. And whether it's following our pace or not, it's it's theirs yeah. to take. Yeah. And they, they, they are their whole person. And it's also easy to be like, oh, he's like this because he's autistic. No, he's like this because he's like that. You know, there's a lot of traits yeah. that are just because of who they are and how they like to be. And um, and that's just, you know, who, who do they want to be also growing up? That's something we have to take into account. It's not who we want them to be. You know, we yeah. we dreamt, so hard. We dreamt <laughs> and, and worked on our brother to for him to talk. And now he will not shut up. <laughs> it's, so, it's so yeah it's he loves it and he needs to talk and he needs to talk about every single thing that's going on and, and it never ends and that's who he is right and what's what's so funny about that is my sister she it's interesting because when she's with people in a group she doesn't stop talking either but what's fascinating is that because she can't talking complete sentences she just kind of just says random <laughs> words and sounds and she's very she really likes um imitating hand motions and so she's really great at zumba like she loves it because you know it's just you're literally just copying someone like do dance moves right and so it's so funny because i talk with my hands a lot and so I noticed that, like, when we're in a group setting, she'll just, I'll talk, and she'll, and I'm like, oh, okay, I guess we're going to talk at the that's same so time. That's so sweet. Oh, my yeah. God. That's so and, sweet. And it's something that I, it's so, it's it's so, it's like a, it's like a present to watch, because I'm like, oh, like, she was a participant, except, you know, we stopped speech there really, a long time ago, there's all these things that come with that, but it's. That's yeah so it's so sweet. like it's yeah. so funny and heartwarming at the same time right because it's, it's like oh you want to talk which i want to let you talk but i don't know what you're saying but you kind of know what i'm saying right it's all these <laughs> it's, it's really all these cute. things yeah i mean yeah only only you get to live something like that right it's yeah. so special even yeah. with all the hardships it's so such a blessing and such a gift like you said and um all these things that you know i wrote this the other day like it's it's our job to love them unconditionally in that way like and and no one will be able to laugh that way the way that you do at these things and to yeah and to love her and to find her cute even though she can be you know most annoying person on earth <laughs> yeah um, you just learn we learn to love like on a higher level which is beautiful at the end of the day yeah yeah it's definitely yeah the 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 way that i love is definitely like has evolved and is changing it just as she changes too like which is really exciting and it's like oh they're they're and it, it's and it's so cool just i think just as humans to learn like you you think you know what love is and then you're like oh just kidding like it's really all these other <laughs> things that I, I mean there's a lot of like more typical like you know milestone things that also do that for everyone else but i think just yeah. with the siblings there's a it's a different like level of that in combination with regular life milestones yes for sure for sure yeah so i guess um with that um are there any words of encouragement you would like to share with our fellow siblings out there uh, I mean, 
I feel like I gave a lot already, but um, maybe the, you know, it's funny. I don't know if you feel this way, but whenever I go on and talk about like my experience, this mm -hmm. guilt comes out and I always get scared that people think it's, uh, it's because I think less of my brother or, and, and maybe just two siblings specifically and, and even to caregivers because I mean, caregivers and caregivers include us as well, but parents and whoever is the primary caretaker, it's important to let it out so that you can then love even more. Because if we keep closing everything and not admitting and not laughing about certain things that are difficult, then we'll, we'll start, like you said, to not see the change anymore. And we'll start having some sort of resentment and we'll be annoyed. And, and then that love will kind of fade away without us realizing it. So um, yeah, if you have, if you don't have a sibling around you in your life who has the same situations, then if, you know, if you can't find, I know that there used to be so many books I used to read like about other families and that was always so helpful. And even just friends you have around who, even if they don't understand what you're going through, just sharing what happened today that was really annoying kind of moves that memory away from your head. And so then it doesn't become a thing anymore. And then you can keep on showing up for your sibling. Yeah. Um, and I know that's something I've always done. Um, and that has always helped me to stay positive and to show up for my brother and, and for the community. And um, so, yeah, I love my brother. And uh, yeah, choose to love and choose to be happy. <laughs> yeah, excellent. Thank you. I had so well, much fun. Thank you that was for being great. On the podcast. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Special Needs Sibling Podcast. If you're new here, please subscribe, rate, and review the show to help more siblings and friends find us. You can also support the podcast by donating on Ko-fi. That's K-O-F-I. You can check out the link in the description for more info. If you're a special needs sibling, I hope you feel encouraged and validated in your journey. If you're not a sibling but know someone who is, I hope you learned a little bit more about what their life is like. That's all for now, and until next time, this is the Special Needs Sibling Podcast.